With the first pick in the 2021 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ath Geeks podcast. This is the post-draft review. Now, when this episode is supposed to drop is tomorrow, because this is right after the draft, so it should be dropping tomorrow, which is Friday. However, comma, my birthday is tomorrow, which is so I cannot promise that I'm going to edit and get this out on my birthday. So it might be dropping Saturday. It might be dropping. No, no, at latest it's going to drop Saturday. But I'm not going to lie to y'all. I usually don't work on my birthday. So tomorrow I might just be like, I can't speak for future me. But if I know me enough, I'm going to be sitting there chilling, doing whatever. And I'm not going to load up and start working on this. Just just being 100. Just being 100. So, um. So this episode is probably going to drop Saturday more than likely, but this is a post-draft review. I am tired. The draft just finished. So I wanted to give my initial, my initial like review before, you know, cause you know, you can always, you can always get like swayed one way or another. Like you first listen to it. I mean, you first watch it and everything. You're like, dang, they really drafted this person. They took this person over this person, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wow, you, you, your initial take, you hot, everything like that. But then, you know, a day or two passes. You start watching more of this stuff, and they start explaining more why they do. You know, in the draft, they don't really explain. You're not really hearing their perspective. But they start talking about it, seeing their fit, and they talk about stuff. You go, okay, I can see where they go. So before, you know, you see any of that, I just want my my raw take. There's like, you know, raw take. So let's go ahead, and we're going to start off – with jumping into the 76ers, the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to give every team a grade between F to A or A+. plus. I'm going to give every team a grade. If you didn't have a draft pick, remember, this is a draft. This is a draft review. So if you didn't have a draft pick, you're just going to have to get the average review of a C. Or if you traded your picks... If you trade your if it if it had to do with a trade it picks, then we can view view it there. But let's say like like let's think about the Russell Westbrook trade that happened recently. Well, that was supposed to happen recently, even though it hasn't been confirmed, but everybody knows it's happening. That is not gonna get reviewed today because that's not a draft thing. That was a you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't a draft thing, it was an off-season move. So this is an off-season pre I meant review. This is a draft review. So the Lakers aren't going to get a review and the Wizards aren't going to get a review based off of that move. Anyway, let's jump into it. Like I said, we're starting off with the 76ers. So, you know, I give them a C. I give them a C. Nothing, nothing against none of their picks, nothing against anything like that. However, however, they didn't make any moves because, like I said, it still goes like if you made a move on draft night, they didn't make any moves with their picks. They 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 could have tied them. I know they're trying to get a super haul for Ben Simmons and asking everybody else for their picks and their stars and their players, which obviously isn't happening. But they could have attached Ben Simmons along with their picks and got a better player and got the star caliber, superstar caliber player they wanted. They could have tied that along. And so since they are in win now mode, especially with Embiid being there, I don't see them like draft picks really, really helping them at this point. Like, 
they're like the rookies aren't going to help them right now, especially a late first and you know two seconds. That's not gonna that's not gonna change much. So stop overvaluing Simmons. You should have made a move. Should have tied that first along with Simmons or that first and a second along with Simmons and just kept one of your seconds and made a move. Easy. Could have made a move, but they didn't. The Like I said, rookies aren't going to help them right now. They they drafted another point guard, but Maxie's already there. Simmons still hasn't moved yet, so there's not going to be really much room to play until they move Simmons. And if they move Simmons, more than likely they're moving him for another guard. So uh, drafting a rookie guard isn't really helping you still. Um, I like Maxie. Uh, he could be a good six man, so it doesn't really make sense to draft another guard in that regard. So I'm not I'm not a fan of um, Philly's move. They got another backup big. That's the only reason it's a C and not a C minus because Philly did need a backup big. That's why I said you could have kept one of your second rounders and then you could feel that need there. But not moving Simmons on draft night really doesn't make sense to me. So I have to get. I'm just going to give it an average grade of a C. Um, then, then there's the Bucks, the Bucks traded their pick to the Wizards. So there's nothing really there. So I'm just going to give them a C cause they didn't, they didn't make any moves and it wasn't like anything crazy. So we're just going to go with a average grade of a C for the Bucks. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bulls, the Bulls, uh, uh, like this, like we're, we're not starting off hot right now. I, I didn't like the Bulls moves either. Um, I give them a C as well. They, you know, they couldn't really do much. They were very limited, but they added another, like, potential guard to go right beside Levine. They already have Kobe White, but Kobe White's not really a, like, facilitator. So, already had a guard go right there. Um, I don't know. Greg Brown. Greg Brown with their later pick. I, I feel like they could have took a chance on Greg Brown. I know they took a chance on Patrick Williams last year. And at the beginning of the year, you're going to hear me talk about Greg Brown a lot by the way. At the beginning of the year, Greg Brown was projected as a Patrick Williams type player who's crazy athletic and can, you know, everybody was expecting him at the beginning of the year to be like, oh, based off his athleticism and his potential, you could see them drafting them just like they, that was basically the reason people took Patrick Williams. So, I could see them making a move like that with their second rounder, but they didn't. It's whatever. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. They, they got an all-arounder at the guard position, so no complaints there. But the pick doesn't really change much for them. It doesn't change much. So since it didn't really make them better, but it also didn't make them worse, they just got to get a C. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing crazy with there. So um, jumping into the next one, the Cleveland Cavaliers, finally a grade outside of a C. Finally somebody that actually did something, and obviously they did something because they had the third pick. So it would be crazy if they didn't do anything. If they It was hard to mess this one up. There's no way they should have messed this one up, and they did not mess this one up, thankfully. So, A, the easy A. I can't give it an A plus because, you know, I can't be throwing around A pluses like that, and you got to go along with everything else, too. They got an A, easy A. They got a potential superstar-level player to rebuild around a good big since they already – because I'm, I'm assuming they have faith in their guard, um, Darius Garland, which I hope they do because I like Darius Garland a lot. Um, if they have faith in Colin Sexton or not, I'm not sure, especially with him being shopped around and they don't seem to want to re-sign him or give him an extension, which makes sense because that'd be a very undersized backcourt. That doesn't really – we've seen it with Damon, CJ. We've seen it with um, Bill and Wall. Those undersized backcourts don't normally, you know, succeed in that regard unless you have a – 
you usually need one like a bigger like traditional shooting guard that can defend you can have two playmakers but one needs to be you know a better defender and everything else and be able to do everything else so i don't see there's garland and sexton working so moving sexton works out perfectly keep i think they're going to move allen too because allen doesn't really fit their timeline exactly so they got to see how but if they don't move they got to see how allen and um what's called he uh, what's called evan mobley works out together we want to see how they work out together everything like that the double big lineups don't work in the league today um you don't want to run into a problem like sabonis and miles turner where you have two really good centers but they can't coexist on the on the court at the same time so you have we bring in one off the bench that is a high above starter level center and you don't want to do that. So I see them moving Allen. And especially since now they don't have to pay him. So instead of paying Allen, you can stay cheap and go ahead and have Mobley there. Mobley has way better upside on the offensive end and defensive end. So it works out perfectly for them. Bigs usually take longer to get ready. At least, you know, 18, 19 year old bigs. If they if he came in like 21, 22, yeah, those bigs usually come in NBA ready. But you know, 18, 19, they usually take a couple years to get ready and everything. But I love the pick. Still love the pick. Easy A. Not much else to say about that. Um, then we're gonna jump into the Celtics. Who? My Celtics. I'm so upset. So I know we had to trade. I know we had to trade our pick for the move. I mean, um, Kimball Walker. That 16th pick needed to be moved along with him, the attached and everything. But God dang it. I like, I like Moses Brown a lot. But when I see that bigs such as Kai Jones and Garuba fell later than they were supposed to man man oh man i wish we didn't have to trade that pick or we could uh, we could have that would have been our big i would rather have kai jones or karuba than moses brown i would rather have both of them than moses brown but it is what it is also seeing what the okc was able to flip our pick to they flipped it to two first rounders future first from um houston and houston is not going to be good anytime soon that's just, even though they believe they will, I don't believe they're going to be good anytime soon. That's just, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts that we had to do that. And a player such as Keon Jones. I, I like Keon Jones a lot, so him going past 16, that would have been, that all those players I've named have much more potential than Moses Brown. But I'm going to give, I'm going to give the Celtics a C plus. The only reason I'm giving them the C plus over the C or a C minus is because I like the draft and stash that they took. Um, Bergain out of Guadalupe, Guadalupe and everything. Great athlete. 6'6 six, six point guard, you know, raw and everything. Only 18 years old. He's going to be, you know, he's going to stay over there for a while. Similar to our draft pick last year, um, who's still in Israel and everything. They're talking about moving him over. I don't see Austin Ainge. Austin Ainge said he's, he's ready, but... You know, we have another athletic point guard coming in from Israel from last draft. And now we're getting another one. So I think they're really keen in on that point guard position. And they keep aiming for these draft and stash players, hoping one of them develops while they're over there. And it turns into a good starter level or potential all-star level point guard. And we just move them over here. So I like the move. It's not going to help us now, but, you know, 
it's, it's looking towards a future so a c plus just because of that move alone that's going to give it the plus i wanted to go negative because we trade the pick but it needed to be done anyway celtics c plus clippers 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 now they they got the player i wanted and keon johnson i believe yeah i'm big on keon johnson another two-way player he's wonderful I like him a lot. I had him going higher in the draft in our mock draft that we did um, yesterday. I had him going much, much higher. Any team would have been lucky to get this guy. They grabbed BJ Boston as well. Has a chance to be a good score, potential six man, which is really valuable and very important in the league today, as well as another playmaker in Preston. Uh, I give the Clippers a C plus, a C plus. Um, I don't want to go higher than that because, again, they're in win now mode, so I don't see how much these rookies help them outside of key i mean keon johnson really you know having a chance to help them early on i see the other players you know going in and out of the g league you know being like the 10th 11th man on the rotation not really getting much pt but i'm all for it we don't know what Kawhi is doing yet so if the team's just revolving around paul george having these young guys right there and a player like Keon Johnson watching behind Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, two amazing two-way players, even though, you know, Kawhi doesn't really play. Kawhi doesn't lock in on defense anymore because he hasn't, he hasn't locked in on defense for a couple years now because he's been focused more on the offensive end. He might give you spurts here and there, kind of like how LeBron started doing, you know, back in like, 2015 2016 uh, he'll give you spurts of the super defense and the athletic defense for the most part though he's focusing on offense letting other people do stuff like that but it still be nice to pick his brain and watch his mechanics and everything because Kawhi can when he wants still to play defense Paul George is still amazing two-way player one of the best two-way players in the league so Keon Johnson getting to learn behind them too is just going to be wonderful I like that pick a lot so I'm giving them a C plus um the Memphis Grizzlies the Memphis Grizzlies um I might be a minority here, but I love Zaire Williams. I love Zaire Williams. I emphasized that last podcast, a 6869 shooting guard that can handle the ball and has a beautiful shot. I know the numbers don't show that because he struggled at Stanford, but I believe that was more mental more than anything, you know, because it's hard to, ha- to see somebody with a pretty shot, a really pretty shot, not be able to shoot. You don't really see that much. So I think it's a mental thing. Has a pretty shot. He just has to put it together. Um, has good defensive mechanics, everything like that. Excuse me. I like that pick. Love it a lot. Athletic. Put him alongside his. He's a shooting guard, but put him at small forward so he can play the two or the three. Put him alongside Jaw. Have Jaw, Zaire, Dylan Brooks, Jared Jackson Jr., and Steven Adams. That is a immaculate defensive, you know, unit and if eventually when they move on from steven adams if jared jackson jr ever decides that he can play the center position because he is like 6 11 and should be able to play the center position but he likes playing power forward kind of like the anthony davis thing kevin garnett type thing where they don't like playing the center they like playing power forward but jared jackson jr is an amazing defender and can shoot the ball so if they ever can go to that rotation which i think they will go to a couple times this season where they have jaw dylan brooks zaire and jared jackson at the um center along with somebody like kyle anderson there too that then that has a that has a lot of floor spacing a lot of defense and a lot of switchability i just thinking about that lineup building together and growing together as young court is just I, i'm envious of that so 
I'm gonna give them originally I was going to give them a B, but after just hyping them up right there, I'm gonna give them a B plus because I really, really like that lineup. I really like that potential lineup. Even if they don't, you know, work out, it was like the potential was still there. So, you know, not everything always pans out, but I would love for them to work out like that. I would love for it to happen. Um after the Grizzlies, we have the Atlanta Hawks. They drafted John Collins replacement. You know? Owners already came out and said that they're going to probably, you know, break up the team, make some moves just because for financial reasons, because they have a lot of young guys. And, you know, you're about to have to pay Trey Young. You have to you're have to pay um all these other players because all the all of them are young right now outside of Capella. All their and, you know, um what's his name? What's his name? Can't even think of his name right now off the top of my head. Gallinari. Yeah. Outside of them, basically every in Lou Will, everybody else is young everybody else is really young they already done shopped cam reddish around so john collins wanted that big contract and them already seeing that they're not going to pay him that you just they had to get us they had to get somebody else on yeka could potentially be his replacement however and yeka doesn't really space the floor like john collins necessarily can yet so unless he works on his game you know as that three ball consistently there because john collins was a 40 percent three-pointer or darn near 40 percent three-point shooter basically his entire time over there in Atlanta so they need another spacing athletic power forward right there and they got exactly that with Jalen Johnson a good player can space the floor handle the ball play small ball big I like the pick a lot even though we didn't see a lot from him in Duke because you know obviously he left early but I like the pick a lot especially with him being able to plug and play right there and Onyeka has like I said Onyeka is gonna have to step up quickly he's gonna have to step up quickly and that that competitiveness maybe makes you have two really good bigs right there that you have to they're just going to be fighting for they're going to be fighting for space which can be a positive right there because you're gonna you're gonna need that you're gonna need that small ball four small ball five right there um that can defend show switchability space the floor handle the rock do everything like that also got trey young a good backup point guard i like cooper a lot i like sharif cooper a lot um I've I've said before I I think he's a top five point guard in this draft. I think if he was like two three inches taller, then he'd probably be a top three point guard in this draft. And I like him a lot. He just he needs to learn how to space the floor. He he relies too much on his quickness and athleticism. And he's a primary slasher, but he's a amazing playmaker. He needs to work on you know the shot a little bit. It, it was inconsistent. It wasn't he wasn't he's nowhere near ready to be a good shooter yet. But being there, an undersized point guard has always been a negative in this league. It's always it's always going to be a negative in the league, especially with how point guards are going nowadays. Hell, we had like three, six, eight, six, nine point guards get drafted this year. You see all the time all these six, six point guards, six, seven point guards. Big point guards are starting to take over. So if a big point guard can do the exact same thing as a, they say he's six one, he's probably like five eleven, five ten without shoes point guard then you're gonna take them but after seeing what cp can still do even at his age and he doesn't have the athleticism anymore you see how players like isaiah thomas thrive whenever they were healthy you see all these other like you see somebody like even like trey young like i said the person that's going to be starting over him undersized point guard not the most athletic you him watching them and seeing them go around, you see that small point guard can still be successful in this league. They just have to, you know, be high IQ. And I think Cooper is a high IQ player. I can't wait to see like what happens. And another teammate of his, um, what's called Lou Wills, right there too. 
even though he plays the two guard position, he's only six foot. So uh, that's another undersized player right there that works alongside of him. So Cooper, I feel like this is the perfect spot for him. He gets to learn, pick their brains. Like I said, Trey Young finally gets a backup point guard, a good backup point guard. We're good there. Miami is next, but Miami didn't have a pick. Um, I think they traded away their pick or whatever, but so Miami doesn't have a pick. So we're moving on to the Hornets. And the Hornets, man, we just got our first A-plus of the night. I love what the Hornets did. I love what the Hornets did today or tonight. This was this was so wonderful. I can't wait to watch all these Hornets games. I'm going to be watching darn near every Hornets game this year. After watching this draft, I was like, dang, we need to get to the NBA season. It just ended, but we already need to get back to the NBA season because I want to see these rookies play. Please get to the summer league because I need to see this. I want to see, even though LaMelo's probably not going to play in the summer league, I highly, highly, highly doubt they even want him to play in the summer league. A wild wrist injury for no reason. He doesn't need to prove himself or anything like that. But they took Book Knight. Book Knight slipped much farther than like he was supposed to they 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 got a really 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 good score and a score of that magnitude alongside with Lamelo works perfectly because Lamelo is a pass first point guard so yes he can score and yes he can you know put the ball in the basket but his he he likes to pass his main focus is passing so I don't ever see Lamelo being that you know 28 25 30 point per game score and then you pair an amazing score score first player right there along with them easy Devonte struggled this year and potentially out the door because they had to make a decision especially with lamello balling out either Devonte or terry rozier has to be out the door terry rozier still under contract and he's still balling out Devonte's coming up for a contract so i see them letting Devonte, you know just walk or do a sign and trade with him the Hornets desperately needed another score alongside LaMelo outside of Terry Rozier. So I love that pick at 12. I love it. I love it. I love it. Terry Rozier is still balling out. Like I said before, he's been shooting. He's a 40% three-point shooter, can shoot, can score, can do everything. He's not the point guard that you want leading the way and, you know, facilitating and having the ball in his hand for the most part, but he's a scoring guard. So a scoring guard will go along with LaMelo and then adding another score right there along with LaMelo works out perfectly it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful to watch um if you listen to the other podcast you will see i loved kai jones and they traded back up to take kai jones i originally thought they would have took kai jones at that 12 spot but i mean book night slipped there's no way you pass up on him so you have to take him and they're like dang we really want kai jones as i said he'd be a perfect fit so they traded back up took Kai Jones, and that's like the perfect big for LaMelo, a Miles Turner type big that can space. I'm not saying he's Miles Turner, but he's a, you know, he's a type of big like that that can space the floor, uber athletic, defensive potential, not the best rebounder, but he's still there, and I love that pick. I'm sure y'all can tell right now by the hypeness of my voice, I love this Hornets pick. It is a beautiful time to be a Hornets fan right now after all the time they've struggled and everything. because They've been a poverty franchise for a long time a long long time so it is a beautiful time to be a Hornets fan right now you have LaMelo Terry Rozier Gordon Hayward Miles Bridges Kai Jones that is a beautiful lineup Book Knight being the sixth man coming out early until he can you know really explode onto the scene potentially he takes potentially he takes you know 
either Terry Rozier or Gordon Hayward spot, hopefully in the future, because, you know, they're a young team right now. They're not in win now mode. So Terry Rozier eventually, who, who knows if he stays there. Gordon Hayward's getting up there in age. So he's going to be there now. And he shows that veteran leadership, but he can't, he hasn't been healthy. So book night slips in right there. Oh my God. I can't wait for the NBA season to start. So I can watch these Hornets games. This is going to be amazing. But anyway, let's go ahead and go to the jazz and the jazz showed the perfect thing of chestnut checkers, man. Utah was able to get, they got the guy who they wanted while trading back to the 40th pick and still adding two future picks. So that 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 IQ play right there alone that gives them a B plus. That gives them a B plus because it's not it can't go higher than that because it's still just a second rounder, but they got a play, the player they wanted that they were going to take, but instead of taking them earlier, they they traded back, got the 40th pick and two seconds and still got their guy High Q play was a you know they took a chance and hopefully they got their players still worked out. Um, Butler entered the NBA's fitness to play panel due to like you know prior medical conditions and everything, and that tanked his draft stock. He was looked at as you know a first rounder, he could potentially slip into the lottery and everything, but because of his health and everything like that, his prior medical condition, he slipped all the way to the second round. So, from a first round to a mid second rounder, this is like. That, that's a if he stays healthy and he can in his medical condition doesn't act up or anything like that and he said he said he's good to go he was tweeting all about it he said he's good to go no worries everything he's he's happy to be in utah and everything like that so this this move works out perfectly you get a potential first round pick for at the second round spot and still adding two other picks works out perfectly chestnut checkers love the move now the kings I told, I know I said the Kings needed, the Kings needed to add defense. And I know I said that, but why the heck would you take a point guard, especially a undersized point guard when you have Halliburton and Fox right there? That makes zero sense. I need the Kings organization to be shipped to Seattle. The Sacramento Kings do not deserve to be an NBA franchise anymore. They have been poverty. They have been disgusting for as long as I can remember. As long as I can remember. Since Chris Webber and Mike Bibby left, that franchise has been disgustingly bad. Disgustingly bad. They got Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans was balling out at the point guard position. They say, no, we don't want you to play point guard. We're going to move you to small forward, even though you're not a good shooter. Take the ball out of his hand. He starts playing badly. You put the blame on Tyreek instead of focusing because you took him out of his strong suits and tried to do all these other things. Then you get DeMarcus Cousins. Can't put a competent team around him. Poverty the entire time when you have potentially the best big man in the NBA. Now, look at where you are now. Disgustingly bad. Y'all still don't play defense. That's why I said y'all can't complain about defense when you don't draft defense. And they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to draft defense. But why would you draft defense when you have your guards of the future, your backcourt of the future? That makes zero sense. Halliburton and Fox are really good. They are extremely good and extremely underrated. And I love that backcourt. So where does that um, Davion Mitchell fit in there? Where does he fit in there? Somebody explain that to me because that move makes zero sense. I want the, 
I want everybody in that front office that decided this pick to lose their job. There is no reason for that. They should not be able to be in an NBA front office ever again after this move. Not just this move, but the past 10 years. They should not be. This is disgustingly bad. And no, no slight on Davion. I like Mitchell. I like him a lot. But he's just not a fit here. He's not a fit here. If Davion Mitchell went the pick um, like a pick later or pick early or he went to another team, love the move. I like it a lot. Point guard, hard-nosed defense, can space the floor, beautiful. That is what you need on a team. But why would you draft him to a team with a with two good guards already? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense at all. That's like Philly having Embiid and them drafting a really, really good big man. And it's like, okay, yeah, where are we going to play him, though? We have Embiid there. Or one of these other teams, because it, it just doesn't fit a need. It fits the need of defense, but it doesn't fit a need on the team because their defensive problems weren't Fox's and Halliburton's fault. Halliburton was a good defender last year. Fox is a good defender. Well, he's not like a great defender, but he is a good defender. That is not where they needed the help. Oh, my God. I'm about to. Oh, yeah. You know what? No, I don't. Kings get a D. Don't want to talk about this anymore. They should get an F, but I'm going to give them a D because I still like um, Mitchell a lot. But we're going to break because I am getting hot at this. We will be right back. Man, we back, we back, we back. I calmed down a little bit, you know, went, got some water, took a 10-minute break, went, like, talked to my daughter, did everything like that. I had to calm myself down. I just hate, I I, I hate that organization so much because they, they've had so many good talents that could be there, and they just ruined them all. The Kings is where you go there if you want your talent to die. And like I said, we're done talking about them. Um. Next up is the Knicks. The Knicks. The Knicks, you know, they made some trades. You know, they moved their 19 for a future first, 21 for a future second, and Quinn um, Grimes. Um, Grimes, really good three-point shooter, good scorer. I'm just glad they're starting to aim for guards. Um, Joku, probably the most promising coming from what's called FC Barcelona, being a drafting stash. And, you know, with the Knicks new style under um, Tom Thibodeau, McBride screams Nick. Hard-nosed, you know, hard worker, everything like that. He screams Nick. I give the Knicks a B-. minus. Nothing much really to grade them past that. I think they got a B-. minus. They did a good job. Didn't do anything too crazy, but they they did enough to get a B-, minus in my opinion. The Lakers traded their pick along with assets for Russ. So, like I said, if this was an offseason move, because they didn't do it on draft night. They didn't do it during the draft. They did it beforehand. So I'm not going to really rate it and giving it a draft grade. So the Lakers just get a C because they didn't really have a pick. So we're moving on to the Orlando Magic. And I like the Suggs pick. I know a lot of people criticize it because they're like, you already have Hampton. You already have Cole Anthony. You have all these other players. But, excuse me, just like we talked about last podcast, if they don't think these guys are their franchise guards, which they obviously just show that they don't believe Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton are their franchise guards. They don't believe in them. Um, 
it might even be a that you can't say they don't believe in Fultz because they just gave Fultz their big contract. He's coming back off injury and everything. And Fultz has shown he can play off ball. Six four, crazy long wingspan. Fultz can play the shooting guard position and Fultz will score first anyway. So you put somebody tough nose. Jalen Suggs screams Orlando Magic because tough nose point guard can not never gonna be that, you know superstar anything like that but he is going to be a good very very good point guard potential all-star level point guard that's all you need you don't need to hit a superstar every time you have a good point guard alongside Fultz you have Jonathan Isaac you have what's it called um Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba this screams Orlando Magic they scream Orlando Magic because it's just defense it's just they, they they show defense they also Use their eight pick well with Wagner, who I, I love it right there because he fits their team dynamic of defense. The Orlando Magic have shown that they want defense. They will build their team around defense, and defense is the way they're going. So using that logic, they needed a point guard. They needed they needed another. They need a point guard. They have defensive bigs. They had the defensive forward, and, and with them already knowing that they were going to take probably Wagner in the eighth pick because Wagner wasn't going to go earlier than that. They already got two defensive forwards, got a defensive center. They just need the defensive guard to go along with them. Cole Anthony, really good scorer, can put the ball in the basket. RJ Hampton, crazy athlete, love him as a prospect. Never going to – he's not going to be Suggs, though. Cole Anthony, as good of a scorer and everything he is, he's a good six-man. I wouldn't put him – he's not better than Suggs. So, and especially when they've shown that they want defense, Cole Anthony is not that defender. So Cole Anthony can be that six-man Lou Will type, and I think that fits him perfectly. He doesn't have to really worry about running the offense, do anything like that. He just got to go out there and get a bucket, and I feel like that you're you're playing to their strengths. That's how you do it. You That's how you do it as an organization. You, you try to get players to play to their strengths. I think the Orlando Magic messed up sometimes in the previous drafts because they went too much on defense, but right here I think this was a perfect move. The Suggs, Fultz, Wagner, Isaac, either – um, Wendell Carter or Mo Bamba lining right there shows amazing defense, switchability. They're going to cause a lot of problems in the in the years to come. They will be a problem defensively. They're probably they have the potential to be the best defense in the league as long as all those players play to their potential in the coming years. And I love it. I love it a lot. Um, I'm gonna give it a B plus though. I'm gonna give it a B plus. I wanted to give it an A. You know, give that pick an A minus. A minus can't go to an A because other the other P, um A picks on this list already that I've already given uh I don't I don't think it's on the level of the Cavs move so I can't give it there but I can give it an A minus bump the B plus it's, it can get an A minus I, I I respect it I think I like the Orlando Magic I'm gonna be watching their games because I just like that tough nose defense I would definitely peep a lot of their games um Mavericks are next no picks C easy move the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the Brooklyn Nets have five draft picks. They have five draft picks. This Now, I know. Now, I know they need to work on their depth. But I think the Brooklyn Nets are in win-nail mode. So, adding five rookies who only two of them might play, if we're being realistic, two of them might play. The other ones are going to be into the rotation, in and out of the G League type players. I don't know about this. I don't I don't I don't know about them actually using all their draft picks. Um so I give them a C plus. I don't want to give them a negative grade because they can still potentially move these guys and they can still potentially build to the future because you don't know how long Katie, Kyrie, and Harden are staying. So it makes sense. 
Um, scoring was not their problem, but they did take a top five, top three, maybe score in this draft in Thomas. Um, but again, scoring is not their problem. They already got elite scores, but with them, you know, showing injury problems and everything like that, having another player to score off the bench and create his own shot, that works. They did address their defense because they did need defense. They got the versatility of Edwards and, you know, and Sharp. But, you know, Sharp is a from what from what I saw and from everything I you know I've seen he's a he's kind of an old school style big he can def- he can defend he can definitely defend but he can't really space the floor and in the NBA today you need to space the floor I know they already had DeAndre Jordan who can't space the floor there already so bringing in a big like that I know DeAndre's not even in the rotation no more but having a big like that that can't really space the floor but can be an elite defender I guess it works they already have Claxton there too that can't really space the floor, but shows defense. So it's just taking another player similar to that. I guess that can be their two bigs since they're pushing DeAndre out the door. I just don't, I don't know how I feel about taking a big that can't really space it, especially with the Brooklyn Nets being so great offensively. I don't think actually they'll, they'll be fine. They got enough shooters anyway. So it works. Um, that's fair, you know, they needed the depth, so it's a positive. So I give them a C plus. I still would have rather them try to make a move or anything. I know they're kind of, not in the best salary cap position, so it's going to be hard to make a move. But with all those draft picks, I think they could have moved around. There's no reason for a team that's in win now mode to have five picks. It's just in my opinion. I feel like you should, you know, made a move. But it's whatever. Um, we'll see how it pans out. Well, hey, those those rookies might be – they might contribute a lot more than I expect them to. But I only expect – like, honestly, if I'm honestly speaking, I only think – I can only really see Thomas playing – maybe, maybe Edwards. I don't really see Sharp getting too many minutes, like I said, with Claxton already there, but he might. Who knows? I just see those those being the only three that actually actually potentially play this year. Um, Next would be the Nuggets. I give them, you know, they got a certified bucket getter. They got a certified bucket getter. Um, this team needed, they, they needed, they wanted another bucket getter. Michael Porter Jr. stepped up. Aaron Gordon didn't really do what they thought he'd do. Murray coming back from injury. Now Murray doesn't have to necessarily rush back. He can nurse that injury a little more because they got another bucket getter at the guard position. Um, Murray, MPJ, and Joker, you know, that's their that's their core that they're building around. Um, they all they got they they should be they should be solid. They, they should be solid. They're all gifted and everything like that. And so they got another score just to come off the bench, be a spark plug, be a six man. I think it works. So I give them a B plus. Cause especially in a team that's in win now mode. You don't need nothing crazy like that, but one player that's just a really good scorer and that's really good at what he does, and you just go out there and say, I don't need you to worry about anything else. And Jokic going to make his job a lot easier to score. He doesn't have to create all by himself. And with the attention being on Michael Porter Jr., Joker, and well, Jamal Murray when he does come back, I think he'll get a lot of open looks. Should make his job easier. And a bucket getter is a bucket getter, so I give him a B plus. Um, Who should be next? Pacers, Pacers. Pacers, you know, they drafted a team, you know, they, they drafted how a team was supposed to, you know, in the late lottery. And, you know, I, I feel like they took a good player. They took Duarte, a good 3 and D prospect. Fits a need because, you know, Doug McDermott's more than likely out the door. The Isaiah Jackson move makes sense to me if they're planning on moving Sabonis or uh, Turner. If they don't, if they don't plan on moving one of them, which they have to move one of them at this point, because they have to see they have two really, really, really good bigs. And it doesn't make sense having both of them on the roster. Might as well trade one and get something out of it. 
if once they make that move, because they have if they don't make this move, that's gonna be ridiculous. But once they make this move, the Isaiah Jackson move makes the Isaiah Jackson pick makes sense to me because then he can slip into the back of big role. Learn. I'd rather him. I honestly, even though it's probably not the best, I'd rather them keep Turner and move Sabonis. Sabonis will get more trade value and everything like that. Sabonis is the All Star level player. However, he's not the defender that they need, and he's kind of a ball stopper on offense because he's a traditional big boy. He posts up. He can take you off the dribble and everything like that. But he likes to post up and score around the basket. Turner doesn't need the ball in his hands. Catch and shoot threes. Catch lobs. And they're much better defensively with him because he plays defense. Sabonis doesn't really do, but Sabonis is the better rebounder. So I'd rather them keep Turner, have Isaiah Jackson learn from Turner, and get whatever haul they can for Sabonis. And I think that would work out. Um, so I give the I said the Pelicans, the Pacers a B. The Pacers a B. I like I like what they did a lot. I feel like it, it fits needs. Nothing too crazy. Not gonna make not blowing the door off or anything, but. Good, uh, very, very good draft for them. That's a B. The Pelicans now, they met their needs. They they did what they were supposed to to try to make Zion happy. They did what they were supposed to. Like, hey, Murphy, projected 3 and D player. Jones, SEC defense player of the year. Pelicans definitely on the path to improvement. Now, hopefully this makes Zion happy. They, have, they, needed, they needed to add defense on their – they needed to add defense as well as shooting, because they did not have a lot of floor spacing. They already did that with moving Adams and getting Valanciunas. Lonzo's potentially out the door, so they needed more defense to go there. And I feel like this this should make Zion happy. I don't know what else they could have did in this draft to make Zion help, happy, but I feel like this this should have got the job done, at least, you know, at least help them in that way. Um, so the Pelicans, B plus, B plus, because I think they they met their needs to make their superstar happy. Then we have the Detroit Pistons. They got they got Livers, who's you know got defensive upside, Garza, all around beast, and they got that man K Cunningham. Easy A plus, generational talent, Hall of Fame potential. Even his floor, his floor is still a. 12-year vet in the NBA, easy starter, starter for all 12 years, franchise point guard, franchise-level point guard. Like He's like he's your point guard of the future. Even if he doesn't even reach his full potential, he's still a really good player in the NBA. Easy A-plus. You can't they, – they they couldn't have really messed that pick up. The only way they could have messed that pick up is if they traded outside the top three. If they would have traded still inside the top three to – Traded the pick, got some more assets, got Mobley or got Jalen Green. It still would have been a great move, but they couldn't. The only way they can mess this pick up, like I said, is that they trade outside the top three. They didn't mess it up. Easy pick, easy A plus for them. Not much really to say on K because I'm sure everybody already here knows that K Cunningham's the truth. Forty percent shooter, shot creator potential. Needs to cut down on the turnover, but still a good playmaker. Everything like that. Defensive potential due to his being a six eight what's called point guard with a seven foot wingspan. He's just not the most athletic, but a high IQ player will definitely get the job done. Easy. A plus. Um, then we got the Raptors. Whoo. I gotta, I gotta think about this one because I'm going back and forth on my grade right here. The reason I'm going back and forth on my grade is because I love Scotty Barnes. I love Scotty Barnes a lot. I talked about him. I talked very highly of him. Y'all know I took him. In the top three. I love Scotty Barnes. 
However, I am not sure about his fit with Siakam there. Siakam is about to turn 28 years old. He's not in this. Like I said, Scotty Barnes is a winner. He's a winner. So you want him on a championship contending team. And the Raptors can potentially be a championship contending team. However, him and Siakam right there, not really spacing the floor. It's going to be a struggle. They do have defensive potential with, you know, they still got Gary Trent Jr. They're going to have Scotty. They're going to have Pascal. But those two right beside each other, I'm not sure how that fit goes. I'm not sure how that fit goes at all. So I can't I can't give this a – originally, I, when I first saw the pick, I was like, anywhere Scotty goes is an A-. But I didn't think he'd go Toronto. So I don't know if I can give that an A- right there. With Lowry's departure, I would have preferred Suggs, but who knows? Or at least another another guard to go along. I know Scotty can play make and I know Scotty can do everything. Siakam is coming back later in the season. He's not going to be there at the beginning of the season because he's still nursing that injury. So we will see what Scotty can do by himself without Siakam there. And maybe that entices the um Raptors to trade. Pascal, because there's already been trade rumors before with Pascal. So if Scotty comes in, he shows promise right away. I can see them. Hopefully, they start thinking about moving Siakam because, I, like I said, I'm not sure about that fit. They can get a lot of assets back from what's called Siakam because he's just now entering his prime. Get some other things, put some other pieces and more floor spacing around Fred Van Fleet and and Scotty, and I think they could be they could be really really good. They also took a chance on the um that PG out of Canada. What's called uh, what's his name? Banton. Yeah, and you know, they added another shooter in Johnson. So it works out for them. Cause they did get this they did get the shooting. They did technically get a point guard, a six nine point guard to go along side the potentially he's not ready yet. He's not ready yet. He's he's far from ready. But if he can in the coming years get ready a six nine point guard alongside Scotty, who is going to be, you know, who's a really good playmaker, good secondary playmaker, having them two right there beside each other. That shows a lot of switchability, a lot of athleticism right there. Cause six, nine point guard and right alongside a six, eight Scotty Barnes that that could work out a lot along with a shooter. They, they, they're doing a good job as in building for now, as well as for, you know, the future. I just still, I'm not sure about that, that fit alongside Siakam. So I'm going to give them, like I said, I was going to give them A minus. I think I'm going to go with a, a B plus, a B plus. I think a B plus would be a safe place to be um, with the potential to go to A minus, depending on how him and Siakam fit together. Um, The next, the Houston Rockets, I'm going to be watching every game. I love the fact that I'm in San Antonio, so I get to see two games every year. You already know I'm buying my tickets right away. I'm I'm spending that G to be right there early in the front so I can be right there seeing Jalen Green because everybody knows I am a big, big, big Jalen Green fan. I love his game. Love it. I will be there. I don't care if it's Tuesday at Nine o'clock, and I got to work in the morning. I will be there at that game, one hundred percent. I I'm still skeptical. I'm, I said skeptical, skeptical about the fit alongside you know Kevin Porter Jr. A uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Jalen Green backcourt can go one or two ways. It can go up 
It can go. It can be. It can. It can be like, dang, you have a dangerous backcourt of the future. Two crazy scoring guards, and it's just like, if you put your best defender on one, then the other one's gonna go off. You put your best defender on the other, it could show. It could be very, very dangerous. It could be very dangerous, or it could go the other way, and neither one of them develop the best playmaking thing because they both will have to learn to be a playmaker. I think a lot of scorers in the league forget that. Uh, being a good playmaker helps your scoring tremendously. Jason Tatum is starting to learn that. And that's why he's starting to, you starting to look at some of the passes Jason Tatum makes and the playmaking ability Jason Tatum actually has. He's the underrated playmaker. And you're starting to see his scoring became easier. Players like this that score, you need the playmaker. Then the defense can't help. The defense can't help. They can't double. They do anything like that because they, they start focusing. If you're an elite scorer, they obviously all eyes on you. If you can score and get your bucket, but at the same time, create for your teammates, then the defense is putty in your hands and they're going to do whatever you want. So both these players are going to need to learn the playmake in that regard. And if they can learn that, that backcourt is going to be dangerous. It's going to be super dangerous. And what we're just going to see, I think Jalen Green is definitely, definitely, definitely someone who will lead the NBA in scoring one day. He has that potential, but I think he will lead the NBA in scoring one day. Um, they traded two first for, you know, that 16th pick, which I talked about earlier. That could have been ours. That could have been ours, two first round picks. But whatever, whatever. They all, So they got a good big man to go alongside Christian Wood. And Christian Wood's timeline doesn't match with Houston's. So I see them, Christian Wood, I see him being out the door soon. And that's going to get a lot of assets. Because Christian Wood's a really good player who can help you win now, and the Rockets are far from winning now. So the Rockets are in a good spot right now because they can move Christian Wood. They got a good, um, what's called, they got a good big man who can play, make, and be on their offensive end and everything like that. They also got Garuba. Garuba, best defender in the draft, best defensive big man in the draft easily. So... Him, that you so you got two bigs. You got an offensive big and a defensive big. Works out well, and I just I, I love it. I love it. Um, I think and Garuba slipped. Garuba slipped further than I thought he would. So I love that pick right there. And just like they like how he slipped, and they got Garuba, which was like perfect for them. I think they might have reached on Josh Christopher. Um. He could be a guy to lead the second unit because they're going to need a backup guard. We still got to figure out what they're going to do with John Wall and everybody like that because they have their backcourt of the future. So where does Mr. 40 mil go? That's going to be confusing. They're probably going to have to, they're probably going to, they probably should have saved those picks, but I, I understand why they use them. But they got to attach those picks to move John Wall, or maybe they use Christian Wood alongside John Wall. Then they can get somebody to match salaries and they can get somebody big back. I don't know. Um, that's going to be interesting to see how they figure that out. But like I said, Josh Christopher could have can be the guy to lead the second unit. I would have preferred them take a wing player because it already looks like they have their guards. They got their bigs of the future and their guards of the future. And so you're still trying to figure out that wing position for them. So I, I would have preferred them taking a wing, but it's whatever. We're going to see how it works out. They might be targeting somebody or they could get a wing back in one of their future trades. So we're just going to have to see, but the Rockets, the Rockets get an A. I wanted to give them an A plus. Trust me. I wanted to give them an A plus, but I don't necessarily think I can until I see how that fit works. Cause 
They have a lot of good players, but we got to see how they fit together. So I'm giving them an A just to play it safe. The Spurs, B. B, B, B. They are obviously in rebuild mode, so it's no surprise that they took the youngest prospect in the draft in Primo. Has a good jumper, can create off the dribble, so it works for him on his rebuilding team. Also, you know, they added, you know, some additional shooting that they needed with their core, but B, rebuild mode, they needed the floor space. and not sure exactly how the Primo fit works alongside Derek White and um, DeJounte, but we're going to see. Who knows what their future actually holds. We're going to have to see how it goes along with them, but I do think, you know, Primo could work in that Spurs system. But we're just trying to see. So I just give them a B because I want it's more so I want to see how it goes. I don't think I think it was a good pick, but I don't think it was like a great pick. So I just wanna I wanna see how it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm skeptical, but like you take you have to take these kind of chances. So I want to see the the Suns, I mean, what's called C. They traded their pick for Shamit. Uh I like that Shamit move a lot, but uh, I think that was before the draft, so I can't really say it compares on draft night. I think it was right before the draft, so I've got to give it a C at average grade. But if it would have happened during the draft, then I would have actually graded it. But I'll save that for the offseason moves. Timberwolves, no picks, C. Um, Thunder, you know. <sighs> the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder. They took Josh Kitty. Not sure how I feel about that. I'm not a fan of that. Actually, I am sure how I feel about it. I'm not a fan of that pick. Not a fan of that pick at all. That's really makes sense to me. Uh, if you're going to take a chance on somebody, especially when you know you're going to be rebuilding for the next who knows how long for the foreseeable future, why not take the chance on the guy with the highest potential? I don't know. Maybe maybe Giddy had an amazing workout, a Darko-esque workout. But we didn't see what they saw. If he does, in fact, work out, I will I will admit I was wrong. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong about these takes. I have no problem at all. There was I was talking to a couple people about my prediction back in what was it, 2009, when I saw Steph and Brandon Jennings coming out the draft. I said these two will lead the NBA one day. These will be the two best point guards in the next 10 years, and they will lead the NBA one day. A lot of people were skeptical on Steph because they weren't sure how shooting will go, but I was like, Brandon Jennings and Steph Curry will be amazing. Brandon Jennings showed me that he could have been amazing at first. He dropped that 55-point game game as a rookie, but then he he didn't pan out. He didn't pan out, and I admit I was wrong about Brandon Jennings. Glad I hit on Steph. A lot of people see now, yeah, like, yeah, Steph, but coming out, Steph wasn't like – you know, everybody was like, oh, yeah, Steph's going to be guaranteed. I had a lot. I like shooting. I like scoring guards. So I had a lot of hope in them. Giddy, I have no hope. In. I don't think and I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player. I think he's still going to be a really good player. I just don't think he's going to be better than any of the prospects they could have took at this spot. Don't like it. at all. If they would have took somebody even like Moses Moody. I would have been happier than or. If they would have took somebody, even a risk like Zaire Will, I would have been happier. Giddy, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of at all. And I just, I'm just going to have to watch. I'm going to watch and see how it plans out. Nobody knows. Everybody, just like how I'm saying I'm not a fan of it, I'm sure there's a 
millions and millions of people that are like, you don't know what you're talking about. He's going to be amazing, but we don't know. You can say he's amazing. I can say he's not. We're going to see when the smoke clears. If in five years he's balling out, great. I'll be like, hey, I was wrong. That man can ball. But I just need that same energy in case he's not. I just don't see it personally. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I see, I think Darko-esque, see, he had a good workout, but who knows? I mean, they also took, man, they needed a, you know, a good, another scorer, and he could be a potential six-man role. I honestly think he's going to take Giddy's spot. He's going to be that other guard alongside SGA, because I think they're going to move Lou Dor, even though he's undersized the small four, because he's a good, really good defender. And I, I can see man being that other guard beside SGA before I can see Giddy being that other guard. They also got a good, really good on-ball defender in Wiggins and an all-arounder with, you know, good. You know, he got all the winning stuff, like the good intangibles and everything in Robinson Earl. I want to give them, excuse me, I want to give them a C-. minus. However, I want to give them a C- just because of the giddy move. However, they did get man. They did get Robinson Earl, who got the intangibles, and they did get Wiggins, a good defender, which will help on defense. So, and, and they made moves with trading. They they flipped that 16th pick we had to two future first for from the Rockets. So, I like I I, I like that. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. I'm not gonna give it a C minus. I'm gonna give it a B minus, just because of the other moves. If it was just because of the Giddy move. That's getting a C minus, but everything else bumps it up to a B minus. And spells, I know you're listening. We going to see how that smoke clears. We going to see how that smoke clears. Um, the Trailblazers, Trailblazers, and here we go. Greg Brown, I like Greg Brown a lot. I like him a lot. I don't think he's going to be as good as all these other prospects, but getting him in the second round right here, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I still remember at the beginning of the year. I still remember. Um, remember back in those games. Go back and look at anybody's like mock drafts from the beginning of the year, of the beginning of the college season last year. Just like how we're talking about Chet and all them this year already. Go back and look at what people were saying. All these analysts, all these scouts were saying about Greg Brown. They all had him as the fourth. Uh, they had him anywhere between the fourth to the eighth prospect. Sometimes even maybe reaching to the 10th, but a lot of people had him as the fourth prospect. And I remember even Chad Ford, Chad Ford had him as the fourth best player after Green, Cade, and Mobley. People weren't talking about Suggs yet. People weren't talking about all these other players. They had Greg Brown as the fourth player. Greg Brown and then Kaminga and everything was like fifth and all that. Greg Brown was what Kaminga was supposed to be what Kaminga is now. Everybody was talking about amazing athlete, probably the best athlete in the draft, everything like that. He's the sixth man at Texas. He's going to ball out. He's going to be Patrick Williams-esque because you know how Patrick Williams came off the bench, um, but then he showcased that he's actually a really good player. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, Greg Brown, he's going to be him. He has the potential to – he like that boomer bust potential. If he can put it all together, this man's going to be a star. But then – but then – he struggled. He struggled. He struggled so bad at Texas that he got taken out of the rotation. He got taken out of the rotation. And so I don't blame him for dropping all the way here. But 
based off that potential that he came into the season with, if he can tap into that potential, that's a big if. That's a big if. That's why I said I wouldn't. I would never take him in the first round before a second round pick. I love it. I love it because you have nothing to lose. If he does work out, you have a potential star in your hands. If he doesn't work out, then you just wasted a, a mid round, a, a mid level second round pick. Who cares? A lot of those second round picks don't really pan out. So who cares? You just threw a second at him. He doesn't work out. Not a big deal. Didn't draft him with the first. Didn't do anything like that. So it this is a boomer bust pick, and we're gonna have to see how he pans out. I I really hope he pans out. Uh, I liked I liked what I saw of him in high school and. Even though he didn't put it together in Texas, I still I still like him a lot. I want to see Greg Brown thrive. He's one of those players that I just I just like. So we're gonna see how it goes. Um, the Golden State Warriors they landed the best potential of the draft. It has crazy trade value. I love this. They were also able to get Moses Moody who slipped. That I'm not. I'm surprised Moses Moody slipped to the Warriors. That they were so lucky to get Moses Moody and Kaminga. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so they they the Warriors have a win 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 win. If they they have two players with amazing trade potential, so they can go target to get a star, a star level player to put alongside them, so they can win now. If they choose not to. Trade they they don't trade them they keep them they are still in a good place because they have still have the potential to win now and compete for a championship now because they still have Steph Clay and all them and they can build towards the future they can they can have them develop have Mui and Kamiya going in and out of the G League developing and then they can build towards their future at the same time easy A plus because the Warriors the Warriors the rich get richer. Rich get richer and an A plus 100, 200, 300, a kajillion hundred, whatever IQ play. That That's just, I love what the Warriors did. And then lastly, we're talking about the Wizards. Um, the Wizards drafted for need, and the thing they needed more than anything was help space the floor. Bertans didn't do a good job last year. He struggled. He struggled. I think in that big contract, he struggled spacing the floor. And if he's struggling spacing the floor, Bertans isn't really good for anything else other than spacing the floor. He's not going to defend. He's not going to rebound. He's not going to do anything else. The offense was stinky last year because they had too many people inside the arc, especially when the bench unit came in. Um, that didn't make sense. They had a bunch of undersized guards. They had three-point guard rotations, none of them shooting the ball, all inside the three-point line not spacing the floor. They were high paced and they put a lot of points on the board because they were fast and high paced, but they needed floor spacing. And they got that. They definitely, definitely got that. So I I love the I love the pick. Um they also took a chance on Isaiah Todd, who I mean, I think honestly he could potentially take Thomas Bryan's spot in the future. I liked Isaiah Todd a lot. He was um he used to be a potential like lottery pick before you know he struggled and everything else injuries all the other things came into place but he has he has the potential to affect both sides of the ball and Thomas Bryant is mainly you know just one side of the ball he's an amazing person on the offense in his defense needs work and him coming back off an injury I think Isaiah Tide you know the center I mean the center position they the Wizards have a lot of them they have a lot of bigs but I think that can work. I think uh, we're, we're going to see how it works out. I think the Wizards get a B from here. They they did meet their needs with floor spacing and a potential a potential starter level big, so I give them a B. But uh, golly, 
this lasted a lot longer than I thought it would with just me chatting. I am tired. I wanted to go to bed, but I sat here and talked for an hour about this draft. Keep in mind, I'm not, uh, I think I hit every team. If I missed any teams, let me know. I think I hit every team because it's, it's just tough going. Like I said, I'm tired. It's tough just going off the dome sometimes. Uh, you know, I have I have little things like, you know, tasks pulled up. I'm trying to remember everybody's name and everything, but it's still, for the most part, going off the top of my head. So it, some things might get forgotten. Uh, I hope. I'm Like I said, let me know if I've missed anybody. I think I hit everybody. But anyways, it's been another episode of the Ath Geeks podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself, King. And we out.